The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is the Employment Law Show. You betcha it is, and welcome back to Wednesday, 632, set to go. John Scholes here, and as always, Lior Samfiru from Samfiru Tamarkin LLP. He's uh, the guy with the knowledge and the brains, and the one you want to talk to over the next half hour. If uh, tickles your fancy, ask your questions to Lior. Lots of cover tonight. We'll get to, uh, if you want to preserve your workplace rights, don't ever do these things. We'll get to those in just a minute. Your phone calls, I said, are on the way. And uh, you want to reach out to any other time to Lior and his team, you can go to uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca, help at employmentlawyer.ca for email, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the website, and one 821 5900 But we always start off with the case of the day, something you've been working on. Pal, what do you got for us? Johnny, Johnny, great to be here. Employment law is the topic employment law is the issues that we want to talk to you about so that we can resolve those issues if you're now wondering about something if you're coming back from work and you know what boss said something and you're scratching your head wait a second is that right did they really say that to me what should i do about it well you don't have to wonder anymore and don't scratch that head just call us right now ask the question let's make sure that we get you the answers that you need and you know probably over the next week or so Companies are going to finish doing any planning for the next year, for the new year, and you may see some terminations happen. So if you've been a victim of that, you've lost your job, no fault on your own, of your own, just something the company did, we need to make sure you're compensated properly. You're probably owed a heck of a lot more severance than you realize, certainly more than you've been offered. Uh, and it starts by calling us right now so we can have that chat. I can explain to you exactly what's what, what you're owed and what to do about it. And of course, beyond this show, I want to talk to you off air, by phone, by email, so that we can uh, get into it in more detail. But of course, talking about something that came across my desk recently, I spoke with a gentleman who has worked for the same company for three years, gets called into a meeting, company says, uh, listen, we're going to restructure, big restructuring, and we have, uh, we've, we've made some changes to your job, but mostly your responsibilities are going to be the same, your pay is going to be the same. But there's going to be one change is we're going to make you an independent contractor. Uh, but otherwise, you know, it's actually better for you because you get to write up a bunch of things. So uh, and you don't have to pay into EI and CPP. Think how much better that is. Uh, here's a new employment agreement we want you to sign. Well, the one thing they didn't know is that this guy is a regular listener on the show. In mm-hmm. fact, he's called us before on the show uh, live. So he knew that that's not right. And I'll get, get into that more in a second. And he says to the company, well, no, I don't think this is legal. I'm an employee and and I don't want to be misclassified as a contractor. Well, they say to him, well, that's the job that we have for you and and everything's going to stay the same. So if you don't accept it, we'll consider you to have resigned. That's when, of course, he says, I know what to do. I've been listening to Lior. He calls me. Uh, And of course he is right. What the company is doing is illegal. You can't just one day magically stop being an employee and become an independent contractor. It doesn't work that way. 
if you're an employee, you're an employee. And to just change your title or change how you get paid does not change that. So what they were asking him to do is something illegal. It would be a breach of uh, income tax rules. It would be uh, a breach of employment laws, various employment laws. They can't ask him to do that. And if he agreed to do it, both he and the company would be doing something illegal. So what does this mean? That means that when he said no, now if he's out of a job because of it, that's a termination. That's not a resignation. They let him go. They owe him severance. For him, right around six months severance. He's been there for three years. Given his position and an age, six months severance is what he's owed. But a reminder there, because I see it happen way too often, misclassification. If you're already working as an employee, you can't magically become an independent contractor. You can't magically go into business for yourself. Yeah, I know it works the uh, it works the other way too, Lior, that if you're an independent contractor and they come up and you say, you know what, we'd like to bring you on full-time, that would be an excellent idea. That they can do. But I know uh, just going off right off the top and saying, you know what, uh, you agree, I agree, you should be an independent contractor. We're just going to make that so. And those would be the rules from here on in. You can file your own taxes and uh, we'll do everything else. So we'll tell you what your schedule is. We'll give you workplace. We'll give you a truck. We'll give you a phone. We'll give you a desk. But you're still an independent contractor, so we're going to go with that. That doesn't yeah. wash, as you always say, right? You can't just become an independent contractor, right? You're absolutely right, uh, John. You can't magically become an independent contractor. Yeah. If you look like an employee and you act like an employee, you are an employee. And uh, in that situation, calling yourself something else only means you're in breach of laws, not legal. Don't ever do that. And if you want more details, in fact, if you're still on the fence after hearing that or just calling Lior, as I mentioned off the top, you always have the option of pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's a good way to find out. You'll see it right there. Am I or am I not an employee, uh, independent contractor? That'll be uh, nailed down for you and so many other things that are available on that website. We're going to take a uh, one small little wee break here and we continue Wednesday night edition. Employment Law Show is coming right back. Hang on. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. Welcome back. It's 641, you bet. And we're going to get into this. If you want to preserve your workplace rights, don't ever do this. A good list you got going on here uh, tonight, Lee, or some of these things that people might have that, oh, geez, moment. Um, first one's a good one. So don't sign employment agreements without knowing exactly what you are signing. We all look at the vacation. We all look at how much money we're making. And we look at our start date. After that, a lot of us are no idea. Well, for most people, if you just landed a job, you're handed that employment agreement, you're happy, you're excited, you're 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 really thrilled about it, and you just want to make sure that a few things are right. Usually, as you said, well, did they give me the salary that I wanted? Great, check. I wanted uh, four weeks vacation. They give me four weeks vacation. Fantastic, they did. I can't wait to sign. I can't wait to start. And I get that. But as we've said before on the show, there are very very important things, other important things that could be very problematic there, that could cost you tens of thousands of dollars if you don't know them, if you don't pay attention, if you just sign. For example, that could be a term that could limit, significantly limit your future severance. Mm -hmm. Uh, That may mean that down the road, instead of getting 18 months severance, you get eight weeks severance. How much is that gonna cost you? There could be terms there that allow the company to put you on a temporary layoff. Uh, Think uh, how problematic that could be because the company doesn't have a right to do it otherwise. Terms that allow the company to change your job or change your compensation, change your hours of work. Uh, 
What about if you have a non-competition uh, obligation in there? Think about it this way, John. So if you have a non-competition obligation and a term that limits your severance, the effect of that could be company can let you go at any time, pay you almost nothing. Oh, and by the way, if that happens, you can't work in the industry for two years. Do you still care about whether the salary is sixty or 65000 hmm. Right? You understand the idea here. So when it comes to employment agreements, you have to be very, very careful. Oftentimes, the more it says, the worse that it is for you. If you're an employee, you're better off with a handshake. You are better off with something written on the back of a napkin. That is better than having a 10-page employment agreement. So if you're offered a new job, congratulations. Very exciting, of course. Let's review that agreement. Let's see. Let's understand what the company is trying to do. And the good news is it's not difficult to negotiate away some of those bad terms. So it starts by making a call, sending a, a copy of the employment agreement. Don't sign it before you do it. You know, if someone sends you that agreement, can you recognize pretty quickly if it's a, you know, a less than savvy employer who's maybe downloaded some sort of template off of Google and you're thinking, okay, you know what, even if you sign this thing, it's not going to hold water, <laughs> right? Yeah, it, it's very, very obvious uh, when something is just printed off of Google or something that was drafted 35 years ago was never <laughs> updated. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I'll say this, John. Employers are getting more savvy and more sophisticated and are having lawyers like myself draft employment agreements for them. And it's for the company's benefit. So if you're trying to, you're an individual and you're trying to interpret something that a lawyer drafted, you're at a disadvantage. Well, let's, let's even out that playing field. Don't sign it without me seeing it first. I'd love to see a 35-year-old employment agreement. <laughs> I'll send you a copy. It's quite That'd funny. Be, yeah, one of the rules, you got, you got to empty the ashtrays in the boardroom once a day, people. Okay, get on <laughs> On that. Another thing you should be looking out for, preserving your workplace rights, don't accept a temporary layoff, as you should know by that now, or other big changes to that term of employment, right? Yeah. So an employer, as, I, as I've said, doesn't have a right to make significant changes to the terms of employment, unless, of course, you gave them that right in an employment agreement, as we were saying. So generally, they can't. They can't reduce your pay, change your hours significantly, demote you. Uh, relocate you far away, and they certainly don't have a right to put you on a temporary layoff, which, of course, think about a temporary layoff is a 100% pay reduction. Yep. Company doesn't have a right to do that. But here's what the law says. The law says company's not allowed to do it. But, hey, employee, if you want to accept it, well, you accept it. We're not going to force you not to accept it. So what that means is if you accept the company making a change, let's say they reduced your pay, and you accept it, you're going to be the good soldier. The problem with us, then you're stuck with a lower pay. That's already yeah. a big problem, but it gets much, much worse than that is you've now given them the right to do it again. So that first time you could have done something about it. You could have said constructive dismissal, not accepting it, but you accepted it. Now you're stuck. Now you can it can happen again. Same thing with a temporary layoff. If a company puts you on a temporary layoff, you don't have to wait. Actually, someone emailed me last night asking, do I have to wait 60 days before I can do something if I'm put on a temporary layoff? No. You're put on a temporary layoff, you can treat that as a termination of employment. But if you don't, if you accept it and you wait a few months and then you call back and you go back to work, by doing that, you've given the company the right to put you on a temporary layoff again and again and again. Don't do that, okay? If your job is being changed significantly, maybe it's time to say constructive dismissal. Maybe it's time to say, I'm not accepting it. Instead, I'm going to leave and make you, employer, pay me my severance. If that's something you want to do. Of course, you call me right away. And you can call here right away as well. you still got lots of time to get on air and ask your questions uh, live with us, 
6,400. Another thing you don't want to do, don't forget about your employer when you're on a, a medical leave. Uh, usually like more than, you know, maybe a few weeks or a couple months, right? That's when you got to start uh, chiming in once in a while. Yeah, listen, if you you know you're going to be off for a couple of weeks, you give a doctor's a, no, a doctor's note saying I'll be back in a couple of weeks, no problem. But if you have a more serious medical condition and you need to be off for a, a while or, or maybe we don't know, you're going to be off indefinitely until the doctor clears you, a very good idea is to check in with your employer every once in a while. So every few weeks, send them a note. You know, it can be a text message, an email in writing, though, saying, hey, employer, just so you know, I'm still working on, on getting better and I'll be in touch down the road. What you're doing there is you're telling your employer that you haven't abandoned your job. They're still You're still looking at the possibility of coming back at some point. You don't want the company to be, to say, well, we hadn't heard from you in uh, 15 months. We assumed you moved on somewhere else. Not a good idea. By by doing what I said, by checking with your employer, uh, you're, you're preserving your your job. You're preserving your rights. You're making it so that the company can't just assume that you're gone. They can't let you go. So very important. If you're going to be off indefinitely, every few weeks, once a month at, at the worst, quick note, quick email. I'm still here, still working on getting better. You'll be glad you did. And again, and again, a bit of a sidebar for that. If you start getting any static from your employer, it is always your doctor who has the final say as far as being at work, not going back to work, having some accommodations, so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, actually earlier today, I had someone email me saying that they, they, were, they were dealing with some health issues and yeah. uh, because of pain, they couldn't go to work. And they kept telling the employer, I'm not going to be in because I, I have this pain and I'm going to need to be off. And the company was giving them a hard time. But this person never gave him a doctor's note. Right. Said, but no, you can't do that because if you don't have a doctor's note, your employer may consider you to be on an unapproved leave of absence. So if you're not well, if you can't work, if there's a medical condition, that doctor's note, as John said, is so, so powerful. Uh, your doctor can decide if you can work or not, when you're ready to come back to work, what accommodation you need, modified duties, modified hours. Once you give that doctor's note to your employer, your employer has to essentially follow what the doctor says. If they don't, there's all kinds of legal repercussions. So get that doctor's note and then you're protected. Preserving your workplace rights, things you do not want to do. You do not want to quit unless it's completely voluntary. And what I mean here is you don't want to quit because the company's telling you to quit. You don't want to quit because the company says, we expect you to quit or we demand that you quit or, you know, you have two options. Do what I tell you or quit. No, it doesn't work that way. By definition, quitting, resigning is something that you have to do on your own and voluntarily. Not because someone boxed you in, made you or threatened you into doing it. If the company does that, you can say no. You should say no. And frankly, even if the company says to you, uh, we expect your resignation in the morning and you resign, that could actually be considered a termination because you're not leaving because you want to. You're leaving because the company told you to leave. Yeah. But still, not a good idea. Don't do that. If the company says we expect your resignation, the answer should be no. You're not going to get it. I'm going to continue working unless you, employer, tell me that you're letting me go. The reason you want to do that is if you quit, number one, the company is not going to want to pay you severance. Number two, you may be disqualified from getting EI. Terrible thing to do. Whereas if the company lets you go, you get severance. That could be two years or more. Uh, and that, of course, you're, you're going to get EI, which could pay for a year as well. So very, very important. Do not quit unless it's voluntary. If the company threatens you or tries to push you to quit, you call me before you do anything. Talking about things you want to do or don't want to do, actually, to preserve those workplace rights. 
Rule for life, man. Don't forget to document everything. Write it down. Absolutely. If it's if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. But beyond that, you always want to be able to prove something's happening. You want to be able to establish something. Always assume that if something important happened and it's not in the company's interest to admit it, they won't admit it. Okay. Unfortunately, people lie. I, I know it's shocking to say that, yes, but people lie. And if you had a meeting with the with your boss and they say, yes, we're going to uh, increase your pay or we're going to promote you in the new year. If you don't have something in writing, it's it's an, as if it never happened. So what do you do then? Easy. Go back to your office, send an email. Uh, thanks for the conversation. Really excited uh, uh, that you told me that I'm going to be promoted with a pay raise in, in January. Great. Do that. That creates that written record. Uh if someone said something that was inappropriate and you, you want to deal with that because it may be bullying, it may be yeah. harassment, but they're not going to admit it. Well, write it down or send someone a note confirming what just happened. Always write things down. If ever something happens and you say to yourself, man, I wish there was a record of this, well, create that record. It's as simple as that. You don't have someone, you don't need to have someone else do it. You can do it yourself. And when then you come to me and say, Liora, here's what my employer did, and here's my proof of that, man, does that make my life a lot easier so that I can help you? I guess the same goes for like if you're if you're promised a bonus, because a lot of people wouldn't write down, oh, that's nice, they're going to give me a bonus at Christmas, and they walk away, don't think anything else of it. But if you write that down, if it's been promised to you, then they kind of got to give it to you, right? Yeah, absolutely. If, if you can show that that agreement was made, that promise was made, uh, then, then absolutely you can enforce it. But too many times, either the company may deny something or maybe they someone misunderstood something or someone forgot. Well, that's why you write it down or, or yeah. confirm it in writing, and then no one can say that there was a misunderstanding. Don't just accept unfair discipline, as we've always said, or inaccurate performance reviews. Those will come up from time to time as well. Listen, sometimes we don't do a good job. Sometimes we may make mistakes. And if we're disciplined for that or, or given a performance review that's not positive, okay, we do our best and we, we improve. No, no big deal. But if it's not accurate, if it's not fair, if the, the, the discipline, the, the write-up is not appropriate, they wrote us up without any reason or they put us on a performance improvement plan even though it wasn't justified, you have to say so. Okay, you can't just be quiet and accept it with, with your head down. Send an email, again, going back to writing, right? Send an email confirming why you don't agree with it, saying, here's why it's not accurate. Or, you know, in, in my, my write-up, you say that I did X, Y, and Z. Well, here's what actually happened. Put that in writing, right? By doing that, you're going to make it much harder, much, much harder for the company to ever let you go for cause. You're going to make it much harder for the company uh, to hold that against you. Uh, so very important to, to do that. You can't be punished for that. Of course, you want to be polite and professional. You're not going to call uh, your company names and, and tell them how terrible they are. <laughs> but to professionally and appropriately say, here's why I don't agree. Here, here's the, the real facts. Very good idea. Always do that in the face of unfair or inaccurate discipline. We're talking about preserving your workplace rights, things you don't want to do ever. We saved the uh, last one. I guess what this one, I guess you could say, Lior, possibly is really where the money is. And that don't file a complaint with the labor board if you get let go. I know it seems natural. They're the labor board, but don't do it. So we're talking with this list about things you don't want to do because yeah. if you do that, you're going to lose your rights. You're going to waste away your rights. Well, this is the big one. It's literally where the money is. Uh, if you lose your job, 
you lost your job, doesn't matter if you lost your job for good reason, bad reason, no reason, you cannot go to the Ministry of Labor, you cannot go to the Labor Board, you can't file a complaint with them. The reason for that is they don't have the ability, in fact, they're prevented from helping you enforce your full entitlements. And they can only help you enforce a small fraction of your entitlements, your minimum entitlements. So you could be owed 24 months severance, but the Ministry of Labor or the Labor Board can only help you enforce eight weeks of that. Yeah. And if you don't know any better, you're going to get incorrect information and not understand that. And then you're going to be prevented from actually pursuing your full entitlements. So long way of saying, if you lose your job, don't go to the Ministry of Labor. You're better off trying to deal with the matter on your own than going to the Ministry of Labor. But I don't know why you would try to deal with it on your own. Just call me. Send an email. Let's chat about it. Uh, but can't go there. Obviously, you can go there for other things. If you have an overtime issue, a vacation pay issue, a statutory holiday issue, if you're not getting paid minimum wage properly, you can and you should go to the Ministry of Labor. And I tell people to do that all the time. If you lose your job, cannot ever go to the Ministry of Labor. Let's wrap it up with a quick email. Henry says, guys, received a few warnings over the last three years, mind you, three years with respect to my work performance. How many warnings does my employer have to provide me before they can let me go for cause? So it's a tough question to answer because it does depend on what the warnings are for and over what period of time. But just generally, kind of as a general rule, I want to see three warnings before the company can then uh, con uh, consider a termination for cause. And the warnings have to at least make it clear, at least that third and last warning should say, if it happens again, then we may we may fire you for cause. It needs to say that. So the employee should know that if they continue along a certain path, that's going to be a for cause termination. In some situations, you may need more than that. In other situations, less. But three is a good rule of thumb. Remember, it's very, very difficult to terminate employment for cause. And in most cases, when you're supposedly terminated for cause, you've actually been wrongfully dismissed. And with that, we're going to uh, let you go for another night. We're back in here tomorrow, though, so don't worry about that. If you had a question you didn't get on the phone, that's okay. Tomorrow, 6.30. In the meantime, reaching out to Lior, real simple, as we always tell you at the end of every show and the beginning for that matter, right? one 821 5900 Do not hesitate to call anytime with any questions. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we use it. Made reference to it several times. Always use it for yourself. It's free and anonymous. The website we uh, direct you to is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you tomorrow, 6.30 again for another edition of the Employment Law Show. Enjoy your night. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.